This morning we're going to continue with our series on faith. It's our last message in the series. Um, and for three weeks now I've had a burning word on my heart that I'm excited to share. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, have faith. Okay. I know there's some people sitting next to Afrikaans, people being very confused because they said, have faith. It's like, faith, faith of what? No, just have faith. Okay, so not faith, have faith. What do I have to have faith of? Five cups of coffee? Five, I don't know. But this morning, I want you to have faith now already for this message. I want you to have faith that God is gonna speak to your heart. I want you to have faith that when we open the word of God, it speaks clearly and loudly. I want you to have faith that the voice of the Holy Spirit can speak to you personally. I want you to have faith that you could leave by the end of the next, in the next 30 minutes different because you've had an encounter with the living word than the way you came in. Can I, can I ask, do you have faith for that this morning? Let's pray for the word and then we're gonna get, get into it. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word that is alive and active. Thank you, Father, that it is the truth that you've given it to us, Father, to direct our lives. And I pray this morning, Lord, as we open your word and as we read through it, that you would speak to each one of us clearly and intimately, Father. I pray, Lord, that the preaching of your word would be done under the power and anointing of your spirit and that we would see the word of God and not our own thoughts or our own ideas, but your word in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all say, amen. Three weeks ago, Sunday, I was praying for us as a community and I felt the Lord gave me a prophetic vision. While I was praying for us, I saw some of us standing next to ripe harvest fields. And there was an urgency in my heart because some of us were standing next to almost overripe harvest fields. And some people were standing looking at this harvest, knowing that they've been called to this harvest, knowing that they need to step into it, but there's a hesitation. There's a holding back. There's not an, a cry and a desperation to step into it. And as I was praying through this, I almost felt an urgency and it's as, as if the Lord shared the thought with me, tell the people to step into the harvest before it's too late. And I'll show you through scripture today how there are moments in scripture where he speaks to those he calls and he says, you've got to go do this before it's too late. So this morning I share from that perspective that we are standing as a local church next to a harvest field corporately and individually that God has called us into and we have to have faith to step into it before it is too late. I remember a story once of a friend of mine who's a pastor and he shared how God spoke to him for, through a season of having to give someone some finances. And he kind of held back because you know how it is with finances. We hold back. I just want to make sure, Lord, this is, you know, it's, anyway, whatever his reasons were. Eventually, the conviction grew stronger and he did it and the family had to get the money to respond and he said, if you were just a couple of weeks earlier, it would have been much easier. And he went back to God and said, God, why did I stand and wait? There's a story by K.P. Yohanan, who's a missionary from India, an Indian man who walks next to the Ganges River and he sees a mom or a lady weeping, sobbing like he hasn't seen. And he's a minister of the gospel and he goes and sits next to her. 
And she's just crying and he, he just speaks to her about Jesus and he shares the truth with her. And the end of the story is she looked up and looked at him and she said, you are 10 minutes late. He says, what do you mean? She said, I just sacrificed my baby to the God of the Ganges because we are in troublesome times and the God of the Ganges asked me to do this. You see, we've got to get an urgency in our hearts. Just what Anders shared this morning, that there's a harvest that's ready. And we have to step in by faith into this harvest. I'm not sharing these stories to shock you. I'm sharing these stories to hopefully point you to the heart of our Father, that He is desperate for His church to be the church in action who takes the message of Jesus to the world that we are in. Look at what Jesus said. And we're going to read this together this morning. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. His disciples came in a moment that was a little bit arbitrary to them and how Jesus ministered to a lady who they suppose is not supposed to hear the gospel. And he says, you guys say it's four, four months. And he was speaking spiritually, I tell you the harvest is ready today. And if this was 2,000 years back, how much more ready is the harvest today for souls that we need to step in and reach out to? So this morning, I'm simply calling my message, Faith for the Fields of Harvest. Jesus is the master of the fields. We are the workers. And the souls of people is the wheat that is white unto harvest that we have to reach out and bring into the kingdom of God. Our goal this morning is twofold. First of all, it's a renewed faith for the fields that God has called us into. And I want to encourage us this morning. Faith comes by hearing. And by hearing the word of God. So the renewed faith is not going to come by things that peers say. It's going to come by the word of God this morning. That you can actually step into what God has called you to, and you will see people being escaping from the fire. We're going to study the words of Jesus this morning, and that's going to be the fire of faith that we need to step into the fields. And then our second goal is I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to people personally about their walk and the things that they have to step into. So let's read together John 4, verse 34 to 38, and then we're going to read a second passage in Luke chapter 10. It'll be up on the screen if you want to follow in the Bible. I'm reading from the ESV translation. I'm going to read John 4 starting in verse 34. What's just happened is Jesus just shared the gospel and his love with a lady from the, from the clans that weren't welcomed by the Jews and it was considered filthy and unwelcome because of her lifestyle. And he just shared He's living water with her and her life has changed. And then his disciples came back and they had a few observations and we're gonna look at that this morning. A few opinions about what just happened and this is how Jesus responded. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months then come the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for what you did not labor, 
others labored, and you have entered into their labor. And let's then turn to Luke chapter 10. We're going to read verses 1 to 9. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them ahead of him, two by two, into every town, place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. I want to take us through some things that Jesus says, and I trust him that it would stir faith so that we can have faith for the fields of harvest that's ahead of us. The first thing that Jesus says is, see the fields of harvest. Look up and look at it. And I want to ask you the question, when last did you take a deep and hard look at the life around you and family and friends and the people in your workplace and people in your school or wherever you find yourself and you said, God, show me the harvest. I want to see that it's ripe for the picking. I want to see that these people are in desperate need of you. We find ourselves looking at everything else and it's great to have faith for the things we need, right? It's an amazing message when we hear about faith for God that works for us. Do we have faith for others? Do we take the eyes of ourselves and what we need and what we hope for, say, God, I wanna look and see. And these disciples have been walking with him and still they didn't do that. They were still making it about earthly things, things that doesn't matter that much. And Jesus said, you know what? Stop for a moment and don't be occupied with normal life. See beyond it and see the harvest. They came in and said, wow, Jesus, you haven't been eating for a while. I think it's time to eat. And Jesus is like, yeah, you know what? I've got food that you do not know about. What did he mean? He explained to him, he says, my food is to do the will of the Father. I'm more sustained in life by doing what God has called me to do than by eating. And some of us get so stuck in normal life that we've stopped looking and seeing the harvest in front of us. The second thing that he wants to, to, to challenge his disciples in is look beyond your cultural prejudice. They came in and said, Jesus, what have you got to do with this woman? She's from another clan. She's not welcome. We don't welcome them. Culturally, mm -mm, doesn't work. We've heard about her. She's got a reputation. Why are you even speaking to her? And Jesus said, can you look beyond your cultural prejudice and maybe preference and see the person that's ready for the picking of the kingdom? Isn't that powerful? And we've got to get to that place. We would let our prejudices go and our ideas of people and we step in because they are ready for the picking. So the first thing we do when you think about the harvest, we God open our eyes. Let us see what you see. Let us engage and see the heart that you have for people. Lord, let me see that family member that's ready. 
not on my turf and on my time. Let me see that co-worker. Lord, we see these names every week, but do we see them in a way that we desperately cry out that they would move from here over to this side? I've got faith that all these names this year can move from there. Do you agree with me? Do you agree with me? I'm asking you seriously. Do you agree that we can see these moving? We've got to see it. We've got to look beyond the here and now, the normal things, the prejudices, the culture. We've got to see real people that Jesus loves deeply. Say, come on, I've got faith for those souls. The second thing he says after we've seen the harvest, he says, now pray for it. Before you act, before you do anything, pray for the harvest. The first thing he did when he sent his laborers into the field, Luke 10, the 72, he says, you start by praying. You've seen, now it's time for you to pray. The departure, the drive, and the destination of working the fields is prayer. That's where we start. We depart there. Our drive throughout and the destination that we get to is constantly being saturated in prayer. We've got to keep praying for the harvest and for more laborers to go in. You know what is amazing? When we pray like that, our hearts change. And when we sincerely pray, God, we trust you for the harvest field, the next moment we'll see our own hands being put up and said, I want to be a laborer. If you find it difficult to find yourself in that position where you say, God, I'm ready for the fields of harvest, your key to unlock that in your heart is prayer. Your key is to say, God, I'm going to pray every single day. In every nation across the globe, 938, based on Matthew 938, where it says, pray for the harvest around the world. On 938, everyone's phones goes off with an alarm, and it says, pray. And I've seen it in meetings where around the world, if all the alarms go, people literally stop what they're doing and they take a moment to pray for the harvest. And then I see the fruit of it. Young men and women, old men and women who say, God, we are gonna go because we've prayed and you have stirred the faith in us. It's when we pray that our hearts change. So we should not only see, but we should start praying more than ever before. We should pray for these names. We should pray for them often. I want to encourage us, we should pray for them daily. These aren't names that I've put on the board and I'm telling you, this is your, these are people that you are praying and trusting God for. You've seen, are you still praying? Are you still believing that God can come through and save them from the fire? The next action is that they were appointed for the fields of harvest. Not only seeing it, not only praying, but it says Jesus appointed them. He's given them the mandate. He said, now you stand in my service. You've seen, now you stand responsible and you've got to do something with the responsibility. So I'm going to appoint you as a worker in the field of harvest. It's important when we talk about being appointed that there's two spaces that we have to think about. First is the general appointing. All of us are appointed, Matthew 28, 19, to go into all the world and make disciples of every nation, to teach them all things, to baptize them, and to show them to Jesus. That's the general appointing. But then there's a second space where there's a personal appointing. And that's where your personal makeup, calling, giftings, career, the way you've wired, the choices you make, the family that you are in, the space that you find yourself in, God uses that specific space 
as well. And many of us struggle with that one quite a lot, right? It's like, God, what is my purpose? What am I called to do? What we like doing is we want to go to other people and we want them to do the hard work for us to figure out what it looks like. If you pray, you've seen and you pray, and you fast and you seek Jesus, I believe he will show you what your specific appointment looks like. And it's important to talk about specific appointment in light of the general appointment. Specific call, specific career, whatever it is that God has placed in your life always serves the greater appointment. It's to make disciples of people around the world. Sometimes we get so fixated on us and what it is for me that we've completely neglected step one. That we are there, every one of us, to tell people about the love of Jesus. We see this in the lives of so many people in the Bible. I want to use two examples. The Bible speaks about David. There's this beautiful verse about David. It says, after David has accomplished everything that God has called him to do and served his generations with the purpose, or his generation with the purposes of God, he died. It's like a little, you were like, what are you gonna say about he passed away? David did everything that he was specifically called to and then he passed away. I think about Jesus hanging on the cross and the words, it is finished. I've done what the Father has sent me to do. Do we live our lives in such a way that when it's time for us to step from the transient into the eternal, that we can say, it is finished. I have done everything that God has called me to do. I've stepped into those white fields. I've pulled people along because that is the only thing we get to take along into eternity are people. Nothing else. Nothing else we sweat and cry and strain for we take along. The only thing we take along with us are the fields of harvest that we've engaged and we've picked. The prophet Ezekiel has a moment with the Lord in Ezekiel chapter 33. You can go and read it. And he brings a strong prophetic word to Ezekiel and he says, I want you to go and tell the people this. He says, but I want you to know that I've set you as a watchman over the people. If you go and you share the word and they don't repent, it's on their watch. Forget this, if you don't go into the harvest field and do what I've told you to do, their blood will be on your hands. There's a principle in there. God, I wanna do everything that you've called me to do. I wanna tell everyone that you've given me opportunity to tell, because then the decision is theirs. But then I know my hands are clean in front of you, because I have stepped into the harvest that you've called me to. This morning, I believe God wants to speak to some of you about your appointment, your appointedness, whatever the word is. Whatever it is that he has called you to personally and appointed you. It starts with the general, we're all called to make disciples, but there's also a specific. And if you need to figure that out, maybe this is the year where you seek Jesus, where you study his word like never before. That's where you'll find the answer. Not in 10 prophetic words, That comes later. It starts with you and God. It starts with the studying of his word. It starts with praying. It starts with seeing. And then later the prophecies may come and may just confirm what God has placed inside of you as you've studied and prayed. Because you're all appointed to the general call of making disciples. The next thing that Jesus speaks about is provision. This is exciting. You guys excited? Looks like it. It sounds like it. Maybe it's the heat. Maybe it's the heat of the message. 
It's an urgency in my heart this morning. Jesus speaks about provision and he promises stunning things throughout the word. Yet, I find it interesting that in my own walk with God, I still doubt it. I still doubt that if I would be radical in my decision to go wherever he calls me that I'll be provided for. Can anyone relate with that? I was preaching this to myself this week. Like, think of the biggest call that he might have for us as a family. Or do I keep on making a plan B? I look at Cho last week from Madagascar. On Monday night, he shared with a few of us, when they went to Madagascar, they had nothing. Not one sponsor signed up for a monthly donation. They just went because God called them to Madagascar and he sees miracles of God providing $300,000 in three weeks. That's the Jesus promises. Yes, we don't believe it. We don't act on that. I believe this morning, some of you, and I'm saying this with an urgency, you've been holding back in the radical call of God because your spouse is worried that there will be provision. Can we lead one another in a unit as a family and say, God will provide because Jesus said it. We see it here. He says, don't carry any money. Don't take any extra clothes. It's amazing when you go on a mission trip. It's always a joke. Who brings the biggest suitcase? It's quite telling to see if people understand the words of Jesus or not. Some people, men, go with two cases. I'm not going to look in anyone's direction. Because the luggage allowance says two. I'll take my two. I'm like, why do you need so much clothes? Jesus said, go with the clothes on your body. Don't take anything else. Don't take a money bag that you strap to your body with some extra dollars that you can go and exchange when you need it. He just says, you know what? Go. And this is the greatest challenge. I believe this is where many stop. Lord, we, we see. We know we're appointed. We pray. But oh, the provision. I want to remind you, I'm going to play with some baby toys this morning. God says in his word, and I want, you to, I want you to see the principle. I'm going to start with the Father's prayer. Fundamentally, we can all agree with this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right? We've done it this morning. Worship. We praise him. Yes, he is amazing. And then the second part says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then the third part is? Sure, you got it. It's probably what it sounded like when you were at law school having to pray the answer father. What's after your kingdom come, your will be done? Give us this day our. You see, that's the order that God has intended. Yet we do this. Yes, God, hallowed be your name. You're in heaven, you father, it's amazing. Before I pray for your kingdom to come, can you just provide everything I need? And then I'll take the kingdom. Isn't that true for so many of us? We want the bank account to look right. We want everything to be in place. We want to have the sign-ups, everything. Okay, yes. yes, Jesus, I'm signing up for your kingdom. Jesus says this. We spoke through this last year in the, the, the Sermon on the Mount. He says, I know you need food, and your Father in heaven knows don't make that the focus and then put the kingdom as a second thought. It says, first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you need will follow. 
And it's on that that we keep building and we see true fruits and radical miracle fruit happen through our lives because we do the order right and correctly. Jesus addresses us, my food is to do his will. I know I'm human while I'm here on this earth and I know I'll get to eat soon, but for now I'm gonna do his will. He'll provide, there'll be more than enough to eat. He says, the homes will be open to you. Go in there, you'll have food to eat because the laborer is deserving of his wages. We went to India, we went through the scripture together as a team and I told the guys, jylle sal curry eat. So veel soos jylle kan, want jylle gaan India toe and the house there serves curry. So we're gonna eat curry all the way. It also addresses a little bit of our materialism and our preferences. I don't like bread that much. I'd rather want a steak and chips. Hey, if God provides bread, thank him for your daily bread. Don't get all pity partied when there's no steak and chips. He's giving you bread to live from. Sometimes there's steak. Sometimes I saw a thing the other day. It says, have any of you ever put back a 20 rand, 20 piece of cheese for the 19 rand 56? So you see, you're like, oh, it's just the 19 feels better than the 20. God provides. Sometimes there's abundance, Paul says. Sometimes there's a little bit less. But we have food. And he promises once again. Then Jesus says to them, following on all of that, now go your way, step into the field of harvest. I'm sending you as lambs in the midst of wolves. Imagine a lamb surrounded by wolves. That's what he's painting. So you know what? I'm sending you into that place. It is gonna be fearful. It is gonna look daunting. But will you have faith to step in there? Because he promises that anything that could come your way and harm you, I will take out of the way and it will not harm you. I've promised my provision. So step, even though you feel like a little lamb surrounded by wolves, I am with you. I love that part of Matthew 28, 19. And I will be with you until the end of the age. Jesus is backing us up. He is with us. He is walking with us. He's leading us. His spirit is upon us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within us. And it's with that power that we can go as a lamb amidst wolves and share the gospel. Now, I wanna take a quick shot left. Before some of you say this morning, yes, Pierre said all of us need to become full-time ministers in the church. Can I see by show of hands, who of you are a minister? Okay, I want you to think about that question. I'm gonna ask it again. Who of you are ministers? Can I see all the hands go up? All the hands? You see, our culture told us that I'm the minister and a few others around me. But the Bible is clear that each one of us are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The missionaries aren't the ones that we see on the world map with the little, little leads and then pray for this family, Ukraine. And then, you know, we've seen all of those things. That's a specific field and call of God upon their lives. But each one of us the general appointment is to go into the fields of harvest. So there are some other fields outside of church. There's the fields of family. If you're in a family, that's a field that you've got to step into. And I'm gonna to speak to a couple of people this morning, if you would allow me, that God has put on my heart. Don't know if Matthew and Michelle McConney are here this morning. Matt, Michelle, while I was preparing, the Lord showed me the two of your faces. And I believe there's a specific call for the two of you to minister into wholeness of families. That he's gonna use your lives in a powerful way to show people what the family unit looks like and is supposed to look like. And we're gonna trust God for that, that more doors will be opened, and we're gonna cheer you on 
but that's a field that God has in place for the two of you. Amen. Awesome. There's fields of business. I love that there are people in this church that come up with ridiculous, amazing business ideas. It's just, wow, you thought of that? I love when then they say, no, you know what? I believe God has called me to this field and His Spirit has put this idea in me. There's fields of education. Graham shared the story here with us one day, how many years back God spoke to him in a service here about the field of education and leadership. And then when God appointed him in the position of leading the Somerset College community, he came and testified and said, but that's exactly what God spoke to me about a while back. He understood his field and he stepped into it. I wanna speak to the youth. Your field is with you every single day you step into school. It is right there. Do you look at that field and say, God, these people are so ready to hear about Jesus. I'm gonna go in today and tell them how much Jesus loves them. Every single day, you guys are in a field of ripe and ready harvest. There's the field of church ministry. There are those who are called to the full-time church, to work in the church, to do the work of church, to to stand in one of the, the fivefold ministries to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Someone like Simeon is equipped as a teacher, and God's gonna use them in that. And I wanna say again, Michael, and I've shared this with you before, that there's a call on your life as a pastor. And God's gonna use you in a powerful way to preach the gospel to a church in the future. I don't know where and when, but it's been shown to me a couple of times and spoke to your parents about it and they said other people have seen the same call on your life, but there's a specific call on your life. There's a field of church ministry that God is calling you into. Can we honor God for that this morning? We're never too young. We're never too young. We're also never too old. Some of the advanced and aged, the legends among us, they are fields that God wants you to step into. Believe he will speak to you as well. There's fields of other nations. Chantal. God has got multiple nations in store for you. Not just one, multiple. Various seasons, various times. And you know this. And you've been, Lord, should I, should I not? Yes, you're an educator. There's a field of education as well. But the education is the door into nations. And I'm excited to see how many nations the Lord is going to use your gifting in. And where you're going to share the gospel and many will be changed. Because the harvest is ready. Don't hold back. Don't stand back and say, God, I'm not ready for this harvest. He's promising everything you need. It's time for you to step into that. Can we cheer God for this faithfulness in us? There's arts and creative. There's media. Dieter, you know you're called to media. If you ever doubted it, don't. You're also called into government. It's a twofold call. And you've seen fruits of both of it. But I just want to say again, we see it in your life. And God wants to affirm that again. There's maybe some more of us this morning. I don't have a word for everyone. These are the faces that God brought to me this week while I prayed. It's the field of finances. Some of us really have the ability to make money. And you know what? It's wonderful. But that money has a purpose. 
And I feel that the Lord showed me there are three individuals. I'm not going to call you up, call you out. You've been hinging, Lord, I have all this available. You've been fearful to pour it into the harvest field. And I saw an image of one specific individual standing in front of God one day with a bag filled with money. And on the other side, he had some of the harvest. When Jesus returns, he wants to see both arms filled with the harvest. That's what he's called you to. And some of you have got to step out in faith and know that your field is making money for the kingdom. Often Ricky and I dream like, yes, if we just had some cash, we can do this and this and this and this and this and that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Well, God will provide the cash, I believe it. But he's speaking to men and women in our community to be faithful in their fields of finance. Will you bring it to the storehouse of God so that it could be used for the field? So this morning, I want to, wanted to use these examples to say step into your field. Whether it's medicine, whether it's midwifery, whether it's school, whether it's your family, whether you're a mom at home and you're around other moms at home, that's your field. Step into it. Until such a time that God comes and he confirms that there's a very specific field that he has for you. And then we'll cheer you on. Then Jesus continues, once you step into the field, engage the fields of harvest. Heliana, come join me quickly. It's not just stepping into it and then standing, okay, God, here I am. You have to engage. And some of us battle with this. I've been on mission trips where we do evangelism and then we go into the field like, okay, guys, let's evangelize. And then people are like, okay. And then 10 minutes later, we're just still like, I'm like, why aren't you doing anything? Now I'm praying. No, that's four steps back, Buti. You should have prayed there. Now you have to share. Open your mouth and engage. Share the gospel. And it, the Lord spoke to Liana this week just about how our opinions about other people gets in the way. How we look at their lives like, oh, it's disgusting. And then we don't even share the love of Jesus with them. And I wanted to share a quick story about what happened in Ireland with her in Belfast. Sure. I, oh, I'm so stirred. <laughs> um, yeah. We, I was one of the, the, the luckier ones in the, in the sense that I could stand on the side and actually sing and not look so weird because there were many musicians and it was in a, it was in a square where there were other musicians basking and a, a few of us were standing and we were basking and worshiping Jesus. Um, so we were not standing on street corners screaming at people with the Bible, but we asked God, each one of us asked God for specific strategies, for specific connections, whether you start chatting about someone's amazing dog that they're walking or buying something at the shop. And God is so faithful in, in, in connecting people with us. Um, but just the story that I want to tell. And yeah, we get so easily... Um, intimidated by someone's otherness or differentness, excuse my English, but, um, and then we almost too scared to approach that person if that person is totally weird or you, it's just a different culture or you cannot connect and that immediately brings a barrier. And I hope this story just encourages you to just step right into that. Like if something, if a situation intimidates you or you feel you don't understand it, just trust the Holy Spirit, trust God, and just step right into the space of that person and say, listen, what, this, this is weird, this is different, but you know what, I love you. And um, you know, we were busking and we were singing and there was this big guy standing, uh, older guy standing with a bandana and his whole body, except for his little, the little piece of face, was covered in tattoos, dressed all black and skull and very 
different. Um, and he was looking at us the whole time and he was listening to the worship. And the moment I stopped singing, he would ask another guy to come tell me, to tell her to keep singing, tell her to keep singing. So I knew in my heart that that, that man was, um, he was not trying to distract us or trying to be, um, yeah, uh, what's the word? Yeah, distracting. He was hungry because he kept asking for more singing. <laughs> and that's strange. <laughs> um, and later on, he came closer, and I think he didn't know quite know how to approach us, so he actually, just in his um, mind, wanted to communicate with us, but he actually just intimidated. I think his way of communicating was intimidating us. I think that's what he was used to, and he walked straight up to us, and he says, uh, I want to tell you, you sing very nicely, but I worship the devil. I worship Satan. In fact, I am Satan. And he just looked at me, and it was so weird. It wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit. But I just I reached out to his shoulder, touched his shoulder, and he's like, don't touch me. You'll, have, you'll be cursed. And <laughs> I actually wanted to laugh because I was so filled with the love of Jesus. And he said to me, yeah, don't touch me. You'll get nightmares. You'll be cursed. I'm Satan. And I, told, I just looked him in the eyes, and I just smiled. And I looked him straight in the eye, and I said, you are way too kind of a person to be Satan. And I laughed and I smiled at him. <laughs> and he said, well, uh, uh, he was actually completely taken aback because he thought I was going to be, you know, oh, let's, you know, pray. And, you know, and he kept on with these intimidating comments. And later on, he said, yeah, you're going to get nightmares. And I said, you know what, if I get nightmares tonight, it's fine. I'll just wake up and I'll be reminded to pray for you. And you know what, I think, in fact, you're going to have the most amazing dreams because we prayed for you. And later on, the conversation just ended up being chit-chat, talk about music, we were laughing, and then he left, and I was like, we're praying for you, <laughs> Satan. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I just, <laughs> just want to encourage you by that. Don't be intimidated by people's weirdness. They, they are crying out for love. That was his cry for love. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus says, go into the houses, eat their food, hang out with them, engage the culture. Don't get weird and all stuck up like me, because a kind of Jesus, heilige weer. Just get engaged with culture. Step into the field and engage it. Don't let the tattoos or whatever it is that intimidates you get in the way, because you have the love of Jesus shed abroad in your heart, and you can pour it out to other people. And then, how do we do all of this? I hear this, Pierre. I'm seeing it. I'm praying. I get that I am appointed, I'm stepping in in faith, I know that Jesus has provided, and now I'm engaging, now what the heck, and Jesus makes it simple, he says two things, demonstrate the kingdom, and declare the kingdom, he says go and heal the sick, you have within you spiritual gifts to demonstrate what the kingdom of God looks like, so act on that, the Bible is clear that signs and wonders are signs for the unbelievers. If we want to see more miracles, we've got to be around more unbelievers because that's what Jesus uses to portray his kingdom. You know what's another amazing way that God shows his kingdom to the world? They will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another through community, through doing things together. When he sent out the 72, he says, you go and choose. I know Chrissy and Pity, you don't like each other that much, but you're going to go in two because you're going to show the world what it looks like when two people who disagree by nature are in agreement and unity because of Jesus. 
So that's what we do. We demonstrate the kingdom. And then what do we say? We declare the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus has come. And you know what? There's a different set of values. There's a different lifestyle. There's a freedom that he has for you. It's available. It's ready today. Do you want it? Can I share with you what, it's look, what it looks like? Do you want to know that it is attainable? You don't have to become perfect and then God will accept you. Because of Jesus and the cross, this new kingdom is attainable for each one of us. I want to end with the words of Jesus. My food is to do the will of him who sent me to accomplish his work. And I want to ask a simple question. Do you want to accomplish the work of God? Do you want to walk through this life and make that your greatest pursuit? And I believe, as I shared this morning, Holy Spirit has brought to remembrance to some of us, some of the fields that we've been called to. And I'm not going to ask for any emotions and the band to play, so do we. But I believe this morning God spoke to individuals. And we have to all stand up and respond for the corporate call of making disciples. But this morning I believe God is knocking at the door of hearts and saying, will you stand up for your specific call? I wanna go back to the word that God showed me. Some of us are standing next to fields that are overripe with the harvest. And he's assigned that field to us to step into and share the gospel. Will we let the things that cling to us, the comforts, the reasons, the order of how we see things should be done, get in the way? Or will we engage the fields that God has called us into? I wanna ask a bold question. If you believe that God has recommissioned you this morning and showed you again that there's a field that you've been holding back on, and you wanna say this morning, yes, Jesus, I wanna step into that field, will you be bold and stand? Just say, yes, Pierre, that's me. Be mindful about this. We all have the general call, but these are people that say, I've been holding off and stepping into the field. Anyone else? I'm gonna pray for us. You know, it's a spirit work now. We've heard the message but now I'm gonna pray for an encounter with God and the Holy Spirit to bring us into that place where we step into these fields. Let's pray together for the rest of us. Let's pray for them as I pray. Lord Jesus, I pray for each of my brothers and sisters who are standing this morning with a conviction that you want to remind them of what it is that you have called them to. Lord, I first wanna come and I want to include myself in this prayer of asking for your forgiveness, of holding back and being afraid to step in, of letting our comforts and our securities determine our decisions. Lord, and I pray that you would, through the power of your Holy Spirit, not only now, but continue to speak to each one standing about their specific call and their specific field. I pray, Lord, that you would show them how white it is unto harvest, how ready it is. Lord, and others have already labored and they can step in and they can reap. And some of them has to labor in the field a little bit more and someone else might come and reap their labor. 
But Jesus, you said it's the laborer and the reaper in the end who together celebrates what God has done. Lord, your word says that we water and we plant, but you bring the increase. And I pray, Lord, that we would be bold in our watering and planting, knowing, Lord, that the increase comes from you. So I pray, Lord, that they would surround themselves first with your word, that they would study it, that they would seek their answers in it. Lord, I pray, secondly, that there would be a resolve in their hearts to fast and pray, to pray for this field of harvest before they do anything else. And Lord, I also wanna ask that you will confirm in whichever way you choose to, to each one of these standing, what the fields are that you have called them into. I pray that in Jesus' name. And now I wanna ask, if you wanna say, God, I wanna accomplish your work in this earth, will you also stand together? And then we're gonna end with a prayer. Lord, I pray for everyone standing who is not drawing near to you with an action, but drawing near to the, you with authentic hearts. We don't wanna be people who draw near with our lips, but our hearts are far from you. So I pray, Lord, as you see every heart that is authentically saying, yes, Lord, just like David, I want it to be said of my life that I have served all the purposes of God in my generation. I don't wanna not go into the harvest and be responsible for not sharing your gospel. So I pray, Lord, that everyone standing, Lord, that you would lead us in triumph, that you would lead us to places where we see the lost saved, where we see your gospel message creating havoc in people's lives and saving them out of the fire and putting them into eternal life. Lord, and that we would be a people that every nation summers the west who engage our fields, who step out in faith, who know that you provide and who trust you as the one who will bring the increase of souls into your kingdom. We honor you. We love you, Lord, and this is for you and your purposes. And all of us agree with that, and we can say, amen.